Might have picked up Hulk line for the Hawks, honestly. The race yeah, well, you, you might want to throw it in quick before you get going. It'll be a live bet for the uh, listeners right now because we are rolling. Love that. Rolling, 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 boys. Tyler, how are you doing today? I'm good. First day of hockey, 116 days straight, no breaks, at least one game on every night. I mean, that's pretty exciting uh, for being in quarantine and not having that much shit to do. That uh, That's some good stuff. Nothing like watching hockey every single night. Yeah, it'll definitely be fun once this – or with this getting started. I mean, some of these teams that didn't make it to the postseason haven't played in 10 months, so you – better believe that everyone's gonna be ready to go like those teams especially they don't have any excuse to suck really well i mean i guess you could also argue that they're not the greatest if they didn't make it to the postseason right i think that that's a two-sided coin that you're playing with right now yeah fair um but i guess before we get too much into that Let's uh, college football that wrapped up this past Monday. Alabama beats um, Ohio State. I don't even for, I forgot what the final was, but it wasn't close. Um, close until like halfway through the second quarter, and then it kind of fell off the tracks. But Bama's just a fucking machine. Yes, that they are. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was frustrating. I thought Ohio state was going to play a lot tougher than they did. Um, unfortunately they did not Right, 52 to 24 was the final. Um, you know, we took Clemson in the semi against Ohio state, right. And Ohio state kind of came out and. I guess in theory you could say played a perfect game, right? Like they ran the ball very well. You know, they gave Justin Fields passes that were not crazy, right? A lot of them were short within 15 yards. Um, and he they didn't try and do too much, right? The running game kept them ahead of the chains and they broke a couple big ones and then they had a couple shots down the field. But besides that, it was a lot of catch and run. Uh, all being set up by that run game, right? So, I mean, I'm kind of bummed. I bet I bet Ohio State, but more than that, you know, I thought it was just going to be a more competitive football game than it was, right? And I think that this game just goes to show that Alabama really is just on a different level than everyone else, right? And that this is the new problem that's being created in college football right now, you know? We talked about it a little bit where you have teams that are playing in 
power five conferences that are in conference championship games that kids just aren't playing. They're not only sitting out the bowls, but they're sitting out their conference championship game because the kids know their team doesn't have a chance to play for something real. And they're taking the opportunity to sit and not hurt themselves for their future, which you can't blame them because that's the scenario they're in, right? If you're going to be a first round pick or if you're on the fringe of first to second round, second to third round, right? That is, you know, they're saving their body because that's going to be their money maker, right? That's what they are counting on. Um, so you, it's hard to blame the kid. Uh, so I blame the system, you know. I think we need to do something with the playoff, and obviously everyone's beating this drum. But the more we go down this rabbit hole at the system, and there's really only three teams, four teams every year that truly have a chance to be even competitive for a national title. Some people argue there's only two, really. Um, and then of those teams, not all of them are going to make the playoff because a lot of them are in the same conference. And, you know, they're only going to get one team in. And then you get these lopsided matchups where, you know, I, it all funnels into recruiting, right? That's been such a problem for so many mid-tier or strong schools. You look at it with schools like, you know, Michigan, Wisconsin, Texas, like perennial powerhouse schools that just purely do not get the recruiting classes they need to stay competitive, right? Auburn, you can throw in that book. You can throw Georgia in that group now, right? Because as a kid, you know, you're a five-star recruit, right? You're going to say, okay, I can go to Michigan or I can go to Wisconsin and I'll start three years. Um, But you know, when you go there, you know, you're forfeiting your chance to win a national title right or you're a five-star kid and you can say okay where well, i go to alabama and i'm going to start one year maybe two but i'm going to play all four because we're going to blow everyone out by 30 plus a game so i'm still going to get reps and the teams yeah. i play or excuse me the people i'm practicing against are going to be better than anyone i play in those four years in a real game right And you know that when you step on the field, even if you're only playing one year, you are going to be so prepared to play that you're going to excel and you will be drafted in the first or second round. Right. And that's killing these kids. And like, if I'm a five-star kid, I'm going to go to Alabama. Right. I'm going to be in a grind of a practice every single day, but I might start only a year, year and a half, but I'm going to get drafted in one of the top two rounds. I'm going to be, more developed than I would at one of those other schools because the kid I'm practicing against is going to be a top receiver, right? If I'm a DB, I'll use in this example, right? And I know all four years I'm going to be in the playoff. I know I'm going to have a chance to walk away with four rings, right? Or you can go to Michigan, practice against if you're not the number one stud receiver you're going against day in and day out every single rep. You're going to practice this against inferior competition. You're never going to have a chance to win that ring. And you're probably going to be less developed going into the league than you are from Alabama, right? And that's the problem. And I think the way to solve that, at least in my mind, one of the ways is to expand the playoff and to give all Power 5 conferences one automatic bid, right? By giving them one bid, that's going to give all of those kids incentive to, one, play their conference championship. So even if you got a loss or two, you know you're going to get into the dance. And two – that might give those kids, you know, it might shift some of that recruiting. Is it going to fix that whole gap? No, by no means. Alabama just has a pedigree no one else does. 
but it's yeah. going to spread out some of that wealth to where a kid now can go to a USC, can go to other schools that used to be powerhouses and know we win the conference, we're in the dance, right? And once you're in, it's college football. You know you can upset a kid. You know, you, you guys know a team can come out and lay an egg, and then you guys are in a semifinal or a chance to win it, you know? And that's giving those kids a chance to play more football. We get more meaningful football on television. The bowl games are better then. And I just think it does somewhat close that gap. Is Alabama still going to be a favorite? Is Clemson still going to be a top two? Yes. Does that get rid of some players and make some other teams stronger and elevate them? Yes. Does that give other teams more of a chance to upset one of those two? Yes. Is it still by all means an extremely tall task to beat Alabama, to beat Clemson? By all means. But I think it spreads that wealth somewhat. And I think it makes it more competitive. And that might not be the right answer, but I think they need to do something because it's the same old song and dance, right? And like, yeah. if you're a college football fan now, you're just watching it for enjoyment because you know your team doesn't have a chance to win anything meaningful, right? Yeah, I forget what the stat was, but like, I think since the start of the college football playoff, every recruit Bama's had has won at least one national championship or something like just the way that's happened if you were recruited 2009 was their first one so if you started at Alabama in oh if you were an Alabama player from 2006 through present day you've won at least one national that's, title. That's, like that's just a laugh like it's a laughable statistic right if you stayed for four years it's crazy if 2007 if you're saying you're staying for three and granted, a lot of those people only do stay for three, but still, from 2007 to 2021, if you were an Alabama football team, you won at least one national title, right? Yeah, and, and that I mean, is... kind of, if you expand the playoff, I mean, what do you do? Get rid of a couple of the non-conference games at the beginning of the season and just play your conference and then have your kind of non-conference games be at the end when you do go into that playoff scenario? Because, um, I mean yeah. – I mean, that's the FCS, for example, plays a season and then they have a big tournament style playoff. Um, yeah, I mean, I would I wouldn't get rid of a game. I would add a game. Right. I would just add another round to the playoff. Right. I would make the first round of the playoffs, the New Year's six bowl games. Right. So if you expand the playoff to call it eight teams. Right. So your power five each get a bid and then your committee votes on three teams outside of that that get in. Right. Mm -hmm. Eight teams, no buy. That means four of your New Year's six bowl games are those quarterfinals, right? So number one, that's giving you four New Year's six games where you know no one is sitting because they're all playing a meaningful game, which is not the case this year. We have plenty of people sit in New Year's six games yep. because they were saving their body, right? Florida had a whole host of people that sat and then they got steamrolled by Oklahoma, right? Um and then the week after, right, I think maybe you play it, you know, then you're down to four teams. Maybe you play that Monday so you don't interfere with the NFL and you do a doubleheader on Monday, right? You do a 5.30 kickoff and, you know, an 8.30 kickoff or whatever for your two semis. And the following Monday, you play the national title game, right? Um, but I think they need to do something, you know, I can't see them putting in a recruiting restriction. I don't think that that's the right thing to do. I think that's wrong. You know, these kids work their asses off through high school, right, and devote themselves 
like a professional athlete to be a five-star player and to get those looks. So I don't think you can put a recruiting restriction on teams. I think that's unfair to the, that harms the kid, not the team because Alabama is still going to get the kids they want, right? That's going to harm kids um, and decentivize kids to work so hard. So I think it has to be some sort of expansion to where you get more teams into the dance, right? To, see who can make some noise and who can upset someone. Um, but I don't know. You know, I'm sure there's other answers. I'm sure someone a lot smarter than me is going has answers that probably make more sense than what I just laid out. But I think what I just laid out does hold some weight and does make some sort of sense. And I mean, they just need to, they need to do something, right? They can't keep doing this year in and year out where you're like, okay, Alabama and Clemson are in it. You expect them to both be in the final if one of them gets upset, that team is going to get steamrolled, right? Like, because the team, you know, yeah, I, yeah, yep. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be, it'll be interesting. I mean, there's kind of transitioning a little bit. Been looking at a lot of the uh, two way too early top twenty fives, um, with Iowa State Clemson's being one, Bama's two, and yeah, every single one. They're the other way, right? Yeah, like, but I mean. So if you go to the top topper part of that list, a handful of those teams again, I don't have it in front of me, but a handful of those teams aren't used to being in that position, and but they're building on past years of success and success. So I mean, obviously, I'm not trying to say that maybe this next year they reach that. They're, I mean, in one year you can't reach the level of success that Clemson, Alabama, any of those teams have had, but maybe in a one season shortened. Uh, um, I'm blanking on the word sample range or whatever fuck you want to call it. Maybe they can be. So like, I got, I guess that get that's the, probably the idea every year, but I don't know. Um, kind of with that yeah. though, Matt Campbell. Saying, I mean, I hate, I, I know where you're going to go with this and I'm just going to jump in real quick and then we can get to Iowa state. Right. But like, if you look at one of these, you know, Clemson's one, Bama's two, right? Like, the entire season, that's going to be what your national title game set up for, right? Oklahoma, three. Georgia, four. Ohio State, five, right? Ohio State's going to get in because Georgia's going to have to play Bama in the SEC title game, right? Now, if they play each other during the season also, it's going to be two losses for Georgia, right? Like, they're not going to get into the playoff. Or if they're undefeated, then they get to the – their conference title game, right? Like they're out of it at that point. They're not, you can't get a one loss the week before and really get in um, mm-hmm. unless a bunch of other teams falter, you know, so then Ohio state's going to be in it. A&M's at six. Again, they're in the sec also. So now you're looking at three of the top six teams are in the same conference and BAM is going to be the one to get in. The other two are out already. North Carolina's at seven in the ACC. Same thing with Clemson, right? Then you look at Iowa state at eight with Oklahoma, you know, the winner of that's probably the fourth team, um, you know, assuming that there's no blunder. And I'm also going to go under the assumption that whoever wins that title game also is the one that won the regular season matchup. If yeah. not, maybe then you give USC a chance to slide in at nine. But again, like it's you look at this and there's two teams. Right. And then you think. Can Ohio State or Oklahoma pull off an upset or, you know, Ohio State, Iowa State, whoever it is, pull off an upset in a semi to get into the final? And I hate to say it, but it's almost like, yeah, great. Thanks for coming to the final. Like, 
you get to enjoy the pageantry, but we just saw it this week. Like you pull off the one upset, like you see what happens, you know, where at least if you expand it, you, you make Alabama play some more games and give some more teams a kick at that can. And sure. They're probably still run through it, but it's a lower percentage than, than it is now. So, I mean, yeah, I agree with that. I don't think if Iowa State were to win the Big 12 and beat Oklahoma or whoever they play in the championship, I, I wouldn't give them a chance against any of those teams. It just, again, like you said, happy to be there and call it a day. But that's it. Like, it's a shame, right? Like, the Notre Dame line in the semifinal was fucking 20 points. Like, you are in a national semifinal and it's a 20 point spread, right? Like, they that's covered. It's insane, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they cut because Bama played their second string and they scored two touchdowns in the last four minutes. Like, they got steamrolled in the first half. Oh, yeah, yeah, No, I thought Bama covered it. Never mind. No, Notre Dame played Bama's second string and scored in the last 40 seconds or whatever to cover. But, like, that's – but that's covering a fucking 20-point spread. Like, that's not having a chance to win the football game. Yeah, yeah. They were down by 30-plus for three and a half quarters of that game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that the, that's just going to be Bama's a dynasty. Clemson's getting there. That's, yeah, expanding it's kind of the only answer to that. But I guess in other nudes, like we said last week, Matt Campbell is staying. Um, heard rumors that he turned down an interview with the Jets and, Detroit also wanted him to be one of the five people that interviewed, and he told me he wants to stay at Iowa State. Um, so it's big for us. He's back. Brees is back. Purdy's back. Hutchinson's back. Both our tight ends. Two star players on defense, defensive side, um, among other stars. I just don't know their names. Um, so. Not that they're listening or anything, but sorry. Um, so, yeah, we got two probably top ten in the Heisman race already. Um, so once those once those odds come up on uh, our book, definitely gonna put Brees Hall and Brock Purdy, sprinkle in some money on that, and then also Cyclones Big Twelve champs. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I think Brock Purdy has a chance to take that step, right, and be in the Heisman contention. I fully expect Reese to be in it, right? Um, I think they'll run into one of these scenarios where if Iowa State really excels, right, and runs the table and gets the championship game undefeated, having beaten Oklahoma during the year, uh, I could almost see them – taking votes from each other, but I think Iowa State has a really good nucleus, right? And, like, that is a team that, to the point we were talking about earlier, right, is going to suffer from losing a great class next year um, and then being able to reload with higher quality players, right? And Mac Campbell's a great coach. He is great, you know, developing players that aren't five stars coming out of high school but the fact is to stay competitive with Oklahoma you need some five stars and you need to be able to retool quicker because you can't have the ebb and flow of two down years to get kids experience Mm -hmm. 
But we'll see. Um, you know, I'm really excited to watch them. I'm excited to watch them play Oklahoma. I think they're going to be great matchups. I think Texas is going to be better next year with Sark as their coach. Um, but I think the Big 12 will be interesting. I think they're starting to get away from that stigma of they don't play defense. And they're starting to play more complete football in the conference, which is nice. Um, but Iowa State just needs to start strong. And they can't have these downer games at the beginning of the year when they figure it out, right? That kills them when they have when they lay an egg at the beginning of the year, you know? Yeah. They can avoid that. Sky's the limit for them, you know? To our point, they can run the table. They can they can be that fourth team in the dance that gets there and says thanks for playing, but, you know, at least they get there. Yeah, we'll go over a schedule in a lot clo- at a lot closer date. But, yeah, like you said, the first three are uh, Northern Iowa, which when we weren't, under Matt, even maybe even with Matt Campbell, but before Matt Campbell, we would always win or lose like 38, 31, 28, some close game to a team that plays in a dome an hour away. Um, then we got Iowa, always a big game. And then this year, we're actually traveling to Las Vegas to play UNLV at uh, the Raiders' new stadium. So, might actually try to go out to that game. Interesting. But yeah, so those are kind of the free. Can't treat any of them as a warm game. But moving on from college, um, NFL. I don't know how you want to dive in our teams or go into the matchups first. That for the teams that are playing this weekend. Uh, let's go through last weekend. Let's go through last weekend first, and then we can talk about our teams, and then we can talk about the upcoming week. All right. Take it away. Uh, okay. So what was – Jesus, last week feels like Bills. it was eternity ago. Bills, Colts. Um, I mean, Josh Allen, right, is still that dude, right? Played great. Um it, I hate to say Phil lost Indy that game, but like Phil didn't play great and lost Indy that game. Like Indy very easily can win that football game. Mm-hmm. Um, that gives me concern this week for Buffalo, but we'll talk about that later. But I thought that was get a good game, very exciting. I'm super excited for the Bills to have a strong team again. Uh, get into the playoff. Bills Mafia being there was cool. I agree. They couldn't have said it better myself. Um, next was – I'm blanking on this one now, too. I know what the late game was, but now I can't think of the middle game. Uh, what the hell was the middle game? Uh, Rams-Seahawks. Oh, yes, yes. Oh. I I only I mean, watched the last quarter of that actually, but Seattle fired their OC already. Like it just wasn't a good game. Like their defense, or excuse me, their offense just became anemic in the second half of the year. Right, the first half we went through that period where Russ could do no wrong, but he was pressing a ton. Then we went through that couple game stretch where he was pressing a ton and making mistakes, 
Mm-hmm. And then their defense kind of figured it out and righted the ship for them. But, you know, you play a team like L.A., and I'm going to have a recency bias take about L.A. for this week, but against someone like the Rams, right, you take away D.K. with Jalen Ramsey, right, because he is that guy, right? He is able to shut him down one-on-one. And then that defensive line is great and gets pressure consistently with four. Um, And they force Russ to move, and they can eat up the run, and it's a – game on Russ's shoulders and it's the third time they played this year. It's so hard to beat a team three times. Um, And McVay came out with a good game plan. Jared Goff came in when Wofford got hurt. And I mean, he did what he needed to do to win, right? He didn't light the world on fire, but he didn't need to. Um, So I don't know. It was a very boring game. You know, again, third time playing a team in your division. I guess you somewhat expect that, but yeah, just wasn't a great – was not a great game. No. Uh, yeah, you know who was on their defense? That's – the Bears could have used Leonard Floyd, but – I'm sure. We'll get into that later. Um, then it was Redskins-Bucks. And although the Bucks won, I think the highlight of the game was just Taylor Heineke. Tyler Heineke? Taylor. Taylor. Yeah, I mean, good for him, right? I kid's mean, got some balls. I don't yeah. say so myself. Him diving for the pylon like that as like a back, like just, he just did not give any fucks and just, I'm gonna do this, whatever. Whereas, a lot of teams quarterbacks would have probably just ran out of bounds and taken the, being two yards away from the end zone or whatever it would have been. So, kudos yeah. to him. I there's always been always already been a lot of jokes of that he's going to be the guy the Bears go for because of just that one game. Um, but yeah, Brady Brady Breeze matchup. Um, guess we'll get to that in a bit, but it's what the NFL wanted. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Those ratings, baby. Moving to Sunday, uh, Ravens, Titans. This, I don't know. Like, this game started off promising for the Titans, and then they just couldn't do anything. They just fell apart. And, you know, I mean, they played the way they play the entire season, right? And they just could not establish the run to save their life. And that is, like, they are a true 50-50 football team, right? They don't care if they're down three scores or not, like they're going to run Derrick Henry, right? But the issue is Derrick Henry couldn't get more than two or three yards of carry, um, so they could never really set that up and get true play action going or spread the defense out. Um, And then Baltimore, right, you see this ebb and flow. Like, when you watch that game, that first pick Lamar threw looked like he was a rookie in the league. Like that pick was 15 yards away from his receiver, an absolutely terrible throw, right? But then you see him with a 48-yard scamper that looks incredible, right? Um, And then they just pound the rock with J.K. Dobbins. And, you know, they – 
I mean, that's their style, right? And again, this is another scenario where it's so hard to beat a team three times, right? Tennessee beat them in the playoffs last year. They played this year in the regular season. Tennessee beat them again. And it's the third time, right? It's a tighter game every time you play someone like that. The game plan shifts, right? There's no mysteries as to what you're doing. You're not pulling new rabbits out of a hat. Yeah. It's the NFL. You have what you have on your team. And, I mean, again, it wasn't a super exciting game. It was lulled you to sleep, but I – yeah, I mean, good for I mean, like Lamar I said, for it had a promising start, and the uh, we'll see what they do this week. Yeah, like you said, it had a promising start, and when they were up fourteen nothing or whatever, the announcers made a comment of it last year. They were up fourteen nothing too, and Lamar couldn't come back. And then, pretty much right after they said that, that's when kind of things turned around and became not an exciting game to watch. Yeah, but yeah. So the next game, I don't even want to dive into. You can take this one. This is all you. The Chicago Bears against the New Orleans Saints. Covered. They covered. The Bears covered. That that was the stupidest fucking touchdown I've ever seen. Granted, it was on the teaser. Jimmy Graham just catching it, putting it down. They covered covered the teaser. Yeah, but we still lost it. Well, you know, that's because Pittsburgh just didn't want to play football. But that's for another game to discuss. What did yeah, you think of the yeah, Bears? Yeah. What, did you th- what did you think of the Bears? I mean, I'm just at a loss for words. It We scored three fucking points. Uh, we covered on a literally last second touchdown to Jimmy Graham. Who, once he caught the ball, which also was a pretty nice catch by him, like kudos. But caught the Very ball, put it down, and ran to the locker room like this was fun. Like he even knew it was stupid. Um, I I don't want to say the whims drop pass cost us the cost us the game, but it's definitely a momentum shift where Mitch Mitch threw a dime, which hardly ever hear anyone say that, but he threw a dime and. Hit whims. That was on what was that? That was the double pass play where he yeah. dropped it right through his yeah. hands. Yep. Yep. He didn't even touch his hands. He just didn't know when to try to catch the ball and hit him in the chest and hit the ground. Like you can see in the replay, his arms didn't clamp in or hands didn't clamp in until after the ball clapped. Like you would have thought he would never played wide receiver before and you just took him off your defensive back. Um roster and put them in there so that was frustrating um yeah that would hurt defensively we didn't do i mean we got to the 20 points didn't do awful it just seemed like every third down we let them convert so that didn't help us for um getting the ball away from them and then at least getting them in field goal range so they could kick something and get something out of nothing um but i mean wasn't really too many bad plays on defense um Again, just kind of saying like same old song and dance on offense that we just couldn't get anything moving. Um, and I truthfully think that's because Maggie doesn't trust trust Mitch. Um, not that he necessarily should, but 
I don't think he should handcuff him that way. Um, I think he should just let him be him and make if he's going to make mistakes, make the mistakes. I'd rather have Mitch. I'd rather be a close game and Mitch lose it in the last drive of the game, throwing into double, triple coverage rather than just getting our ass kicked and making it seem like a lot less beating than it was on a last second touchdown. Yeah, I mean, you look at the game, right, and it was 21-9 and you, you know, the game was a lot more demoralizing than only giving up 21 points, right? Like yeah. the defense was out there for so long. Um, and credit to the defense, right? The defense was as good as advertised and has been that way the entire year, right? They kept you in the football game, right? To New Orleans had the ball, I don't know. Tampa Bay just scored also one nothing on the power play against the Blackhawks. We're nine minutes left in the first. Um, but, I mean, your defense was as advertised, right? Yeah. Like, that's what they were. That's what they've been the entire year. They were good. The problem is you give the Saints the football for three quarters because the offense is three and out, three and out, three and out. Can't score points that way. It's no, you can't, right? And credit to the defense for again keeping them in that game because they just got the ship beat out of them for four quarters. Um, and only give up 21 points was a real credit to them and a good defensive game plan. But you you just got to find it on offense, and you know, nine points doesn't get it done very often, especially not in the playoffs. Yeah, that's. We'll get into that all that in a little bit, but <laughs> the best part about it was that Mitch, before he even threw the literally last second touchdown packs, pass, got the uh, the Collodian Valuable Player Award. I know. That was I don't know how. I literally don't know how. That was dumb. Are they trying to, like – advertise that you just got to try and you'll get the uh, participation trophy or what, like what, what was that? I, d- I don't understand. Or was it? It was not good. Yeah. So, and I guess te- technically the winner of that's supposed to get slimed after the game, but since the bears lost, they didn't. Which that's good. Uh, um. Oh uh, yeah, late, late game, late game, late game, late game sucked. Yeah, Browns went up twenty-eight nothing, right? I I was doing something, and then I came out, and Brad was sitting here, and I'm like, "What the hell is going on?" He's like, "The wheels fell off already." I'm like, "The game started twenty minutes ago." <laughs> He's like, "Yeah, it's twenty-eight nothing." I'm like, "What the fuck's going on?" The Browns are averaging more than a point a minute right now. Like what? Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, right? Pittsburgh, I think a lot of people thought they were a good football team, right? Like, I mean, we bet their over-win total for the season, which hit, but, like, they were good, but they were never as good as their record was, right? And, again, I will give you the same old song and dance I gave you twice. It's hard to beat someone three times in a season, right? And it's I understand they beat Cleveland twice during the regular season because Cleveland beat them week 16, but they sat their players and still it's, that's a divisional game, right? You play them twice a year, every year, Mm -hmm. right? Like there's no new shit that's coming out. 
Like Ben Roethlisberger didn't find like become Lamar Jackson during that week, right? Like he's the same guy. Your receivers are the same guy. Um, so that game stunk, and Pittsburgh tried to make it a game, tried to make it a game, but it was just so insurmountable that you know their defense, by and large, played well the entire game, right? I mean, you turn the football over four times in the first quarter. Yeah, and it's hard when two when you know. You only gave up 14 points on four turnovers. The other 14 points were a pick six and the snap over Ben's head, right? Like their defense really didn't play bad the entire game at all, you know? Um, But it's just insurmountable. Again, you're in the playoffs. Everything tightens down. The Browns with someone like Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, like they're just going to run the football. Timely completions to Jarvis Landry when they need them. And I mean, that was a shitty game too, but I don't know. This might be the end of an era in Pittsburgh. I mean, they look old. Their receiving core just is, looks like they're more concerned with Twitch and TikTok than winning football games. Like, yeah, I mean, it's just not, it's just not good football out there. So I don't know what they're going to do. Um, I assume Tomlin stays because he had another good season record-wise, and Pittsburgh is not a team that fires coaches by any means. Um, it's interesting too because, like, they, the, yeah, the record is whatever it was, but they went went what eleven and zero, and all their losses came in the last month, month and a half. Yeah, they lost what five games in the last month, right? And the only game that they or four games, and the only game they won in that span was the Colts, and they were down. 18 in the third quarter or something like that and came back and won like that's not winning football in yeah. december the wheel, like, the wheel the wheels started to fall off a while ago yeah but. so yeah i don't know what they're gonna do they're gonna have a really interesting offseason i think there is quite a few teams with these aging quarterbacks right Indy in the same group pittsburgh in that group right you don't know what houston's gonna do with deshaun Right. There's, you know, Miami has potential too, is not the guy. There's potential for a lot of QB movement. And it's interesting because I think a lot of people are saying the same kind of older, like one year deal esque veterans, like Cam Newton of these places and stuff. Like, I don't know. I'll get into this when I talk about the Eagles, but like, that just doesn't seem like a real answer, you know? Um, unless you're drafting. <laughs> Unless you're drafting a guy and you're like, you're just going to sit on the bench this year and we're going to, you know, we're going to give this year up. If we go eight and eight and get into the playoffs, it's great. But we're just going to give you a year to develop and then you're going to be our guy going forward. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I think they got a lot of decisions to make in Pittsburgh. And, you know, they got some guys that want to get paid, right? TJ Watt wants to get paid. Minka Fitzpatrick wants to get paid. Joe Hayden's going to come back when they get paid. Uh, Cam Hayward wants to get paid. It's a lot of money on that defense. And that yeah. defense is good, right? They have a strong defense, top 10 defense in the league, probably maybe top five statistically. But their offense looks bad. Like they don't have, you know, Juju doesn't look like the guy on the outside, right? They don't – they're two running backs. Ben's old. Like they don't have the offense yeah, to spend all that money on their defense. They gotta retool somehow. For sure. Um, yeah. Speaking of retooling, 
guess we'll dive head first into the, I guess the bears first, cause I'm sure yours will be a lot longer and uh, maybe heated. I don't know. I might be succinct. I've had a lot of time to sit with my thoughts the last couple of days. Okay. Okay. Well, the bears had their end uh, of season press conference today, actually Wednesday, um, which they delayed it two days, which all the reporters and um, bears, yeah, bears reporters thought was odd and strange because it was pretty quiet, I guess, around house all whatnot. Um, until yesterday, mid-afternoon, late afternoon, Chuck Pagano retired. And that seems that that's all we're doing coaching-wise right now is going to have to replace off as a coordinator. So, or defense coordinator, excuse me. So, um, and basically because of that, or the reason for that is that, that um, McCaskey, our owner and uh, president Ted Phillips is, they were impressed by Pace and Nagy during the six game skid because the players never, never gave up is the direct quote. Um, what Cause else? the players never gave up. That's what he said. They also get paid millions of dollars to play. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, also direct quote was we have the culture that all teams strive for. I don't know how you can say that when um, the fifth or sixth game of the losing streak was a game out of the bye week at Green Bay and we just got curb stomped. And then also the Saints game, or dealing with the Saints twice this year. Um, we didn't get into this before, but we played them in the regular season when Wims got thrown out the play before the receivers coach went up to him and said, Hey, or the whole, the whole receiving core, like 22, this guy's going to instigate you guys, like keep your cool next damn play punches them twice in the helmet. Bad football. So last week they spent 20 minutes. I think maybe I said this. No, I didn't. I forget who I was talking to, but um, last week during practice, they spent a half hour watching film specifically on Gardner Johnson and had made a message to the entire team not to get in with him. And what happens again? Anthony Miller this time. Yeah. If I don't know, it just makes you think that if they would have cut him right to whims after that week, would that have happened again when we played him? Because it would have been the example of, hey, if you do this, you're cut. I don't know. I don't know how you can say the culture is what other teams look up to and aspire to be when shit like that happens. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's just – it's. It, I could go on with all these quotes that were said and whatever, that there's no egos or, ad- or agendas, that they made mistakes, but all they don't – all they want is what's best for the bears and they're learning and growing in their roles. You, it's just, it's, it seems like Nagy just gave them a bunch of things to say because it sounds just like things that come out of Nagy's mouth after a loss. Like, Oh, we tried really hard. I'm proud of the guys for not giving up. I'm proud of this. Like we got to go back to the drawing board, figure it out in the off season. And, you know, like uh, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy, they collaborate really well. Like, They'll figure out our quarterback situation. We got this. Like, we got the weapons here. We got guys that want to try. And it's just, 
they don't they didn't put any blame on either of them and it's just like what the fuck yeah someone right. asked one some reporter asked what the thought process of was again of drafting Trubisky over Watson and Mahomes and he just declined to comment I think he just said like I'm not going to answer that instead of having even a like but beat around the bush type of answer it's I'm going to uh I'll defend pace here I think that you can't the reporter shouldn't ask that question what was that five years ago now yeah yeah I guess so like five years past that right I guess with that is Phillips our president alluded to that when pace picked Trubisky he didn't really collaborate at all with John Fox at the time and just kind of did it on his own and made his own pick. So I guess on the bright side, he's excited for Pace and Nagy to be able to collaborate for this draft. I don't know why you haven't been doing that the last couple of years, but. That's interesting. Um, Hawks just gave up another goal. Two nothing Tampa, three minutes left in the first. I don't know. At this point, we're, we're closer to getting the number one draft in two years than we are to winning a playoff game. So we'll see how that goes. But, but the problem is your defense is going to win six games a year for you. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll see who we get as our coordinator. There's three guys I like within the defensive coaches already. Um, and then there's a couple guys outside of it, but we don't got to dive into that. I'll just do a real quick on uh, one of the guys in house uh, used to be the quality control assistant um, from like 2013 and 2018. And so I think if he okay. got into more of a lead role, we'd have more of a quality product maybe because 2018, he got moved to safeties coach, but maybe he can bring some quality back to our um even though our defense has been been what we've leaned on more or less, but I don't know. It, it's I don't know. They haven't had enough answers for the offense and anything, so seems like we're gonna run it back again and try to go eight and eight and call it a year. Sounds like good strategy for you guys. I mean, I guess I can't be that bad, but. When you start eight and five, it's pretty easy to get mad at that. Oh, not eight and five, five and one. Excuse me. Three nothing lightning. Damn it! That was a really poor goal to give up by Subban. He looks horrendous. So I know hockey talks later, but if this guy's your starting goalie, you guys got mucho problemos this year. Yeah, maybe that five goals wasn't that bad of a bet for Tom. That's a lie. That was actually an unreal read deflect or deflection by Sorelli, I think, put this in. Uh, yeah, that was actually a sick deflect. But yeah, Subban just still doesn't look great. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens with the Bears over the next couple months of they actually keep Mitch and their quarterback situation or what their fucking plan was because they didn't give any which, I mean, I guess I don't expect them to three days after the offseason or the season ends have the, everything that the people want to hear right then and there. But 
they were getting trolled on Twitter so hard by all the beat recorders and whatnot. I'm sure. Um, other news, your Philadelphia's Lord and Savior, Doug Peterson, gone. Al, axed. What's your initial thoughts? Or what were they, I guess? Uh, um, my initial thoughts, right, and we discussed this, you know, Doug was meeting with Jeffrey Lurie, our owner and president, right, to discuss the future, right? And when they went into the first meeting, Doug's job was safe, right? And what that alluded to everyone was, okay, Doug's here. There's three pieces now that him and Lurie need to collaborate on as to what we do with them, right? So there was five issues, three were pieces that are in the team, right? So the two issues that weren't was the issue of our offensive coordinator. Are we going to hire one? Are we not? And then the other one was the defensive coordinator because Jim Schwartz stepped away and retired, right? Then we had the three issues of the team, which were Wentz, Hertz, and Howie, the GM, right? And what those that dynamic was going to look like, who was staying, who was going, right? Mm-hmm. So whatever happened in the first meeting, I guess, gave Jeffrey Lurie a lot of pause. You know, him and Doug obviously did not see eye to eye. So they pushed that they had a second meeting a week later, which was this Tuesday. Um, so we are recording this on Wednesday. So this was yesterday. Um, and that was it, right? That was the... That was it, you know, from everything that's came out. Doug has, you know, pretty much went in and said, I don't like being told what to do from Jeffrey Lurie, right? I want more control. I this I'm the head coach. I want to be able to run the team as I see. And pretty much said, if you don't agree with that, you know, kick rocks, fire me, right? And Jeffrey Lurie told him to kick rocks and fired him, right? So this, you know, it's good and bad, right? I've talked all year about how I dislike Doug's play calling. I think we need to run the football more. We get so pass happy, and that's a problem, right? Mm -hmm. Um, The draft is a problem, but I put that on Howie. I don't put that on Doug, at least not fully. Um, so I don't think Doug was the full problem, right? Is there things that I think he needs to change, like getting an offensive coordinator, you know, stopping calling the plays, getting a new DC that him and Schwartz didn't really see eye to eye and Jim Schwartz kind of big dick them in that aspect. Right. I think that would, you know, can be fixed. Um, so there was things that could have been fixed, right. Is Doug get firing Doug, the answer, no. Could it be a step in the right direction? Yes. Uh, I think a lot of it depends on how much of what we've heard is true. Um, because if it's true that how we, or that Jeffrey Lurie's the problem is a control freak, right. Then, you know, he's going to want to hire another coach that is a yes man. Right. And that's not what mm-hmm. we need a coach. That's a coach. Uh, so that concerns me. I think it's more likely Carson stays now. I don't know what I really would like Howie to be gone as our GM because the amount of picks we miss on is just astronomical but i mean if you look at doug right he had this years a couple years before we won the super bowl right then we win the super bowl so we're trending in the right direction those years we win all's happy right next year we have a carson injury and then we have 
uh, a drop pass by Alshon in the fourth quarter against New Orleans on their 15-yard line that he catches that football. It's a first down. We take one knee, kick a field goal, and we won that football game, right? Like it's literally Mm -hmm. that wins us that football game. You know, it was a curl. It went right through his hands, and then New Orleans picked it off after it went through his hands. You know, it wasn't a hard play. It wasn't a contested catch. It was a routine play that we walked right down the field and should have won and been in the conference championship the year after we won the Super Bowl, right? By no means am I saying going back-to-back, but that we catch that football, by all accounts, that's a successful season two years in a row, right? The next year, you know, last year, we run into this. Carson's playing, is not playing great, but Carson sets the record for the only QB in NFL history to have over 4,000 passing yards with no receiver over 500 yards individually, right? That speaks to talent around Carson, right? That speaks to Carson playing in the system he's in and just not giving a shit and throwing the football to the open guy, right? He didn't pump the football to anyone specifically and feel like anyone needed targets, right? He threw mm-hmm. the football to the man that was open. And by and large, it was never the same guy more than once, right? I don't put that on Doug. I don't put that on Carson. Shit, mm-hmm. Carson had two MVP caliber seasons and then he has that. And then you get the concussion, the bad hit by Clowney in the playoffs. You know, you don't know what happens in that game, but I have a hard time putting that on Doug or on Carson after turning a team that doesn't have a 500-yard receiver into a playoff team, right? Then you have this year where the wheels fell off. The team's old. And again, I would make the argument, I'm sure Brad would probably agree, that the team problems are not Doug problems. They're Howie-based problems. They're missing draft picks. They're mismanaging of our cap. We're in cap. We're not even in cap purgatory. We're not in cap hell. We're in an absolute fuck show. We are $64 million over the cap right now. Us in New Orleans, it's astronomical how far we're over the cap, right? That's not Doug. He's the head coach. He's not the GM. His job is to coach the players on the field, right? Again, can Doug do a better job? Did he need to probably hire an OC? Did he need to run the football more? Yes, yes, yes. Should he have handled the Carson-Jalen thing better and looked to keep a better relationship with Carson from what's came out that they've had issues? Yes. Is he the reason for where our team is right now, wholly and solely? No. You know, I said from the beginning, if I could keep one, fire one, I was firing Howie every single time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is why these rumors about Jeffrey Lurie being controlling and being a Jerry Jones-esque person and trending in that direction, being power-hungry now he's won a title, worry me. Yeah. Um, so it's a shame. I mean, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I think it's what – I really hate to say, but I think both quarterbacks are going to be on the roster, and I really dislike that. Um, I also think that, I don't know, uh, in terms of head coach, we started the interview process. I don't want a college coach. I know Lincoln Riley's been attached. He has a Jalen Hurts connection from Oklahoma. I don't want a college coach. I think the college style never translates to the NFL. Right. Yeah, I mean, you guys had that with Chip Kelly and kind of saw it right. firsthand. It's a different thing. It's a different game, right? And that's why you see these college coaches that are always on good teams at perennial powers. They don't leave college because what they do in college isn't what you do in the NFL. 
You've seen Nick Saban come to the NFL. You've seen him fail. You've seen him go back to college and have success, right? Yep. It's a different game. Um, so I don't like the college idea, right? And then I also hate the idea of just recycling these same old NFL head coaches like Jim Caldwell that they're, they've circled the wagons a million times and don't win. Why, mm-hmm. why do we want that again, right? I like the idea of getting a coordinator from the NFL so he understands the NFL game. And I really like the idea of getting a defensive guy, right, to put structure in our defense. Um, but I don't know. You know, I like Sala from the 49ers. I like the OC from Tennessee, Andrew Smith or Arthur Smith. Um, and then I like the bowl, the OC of Buffalo, right? If you ask me, they're probably my three front runners in terms of people I would like to hire. Um, I'll see, we'll see what happens, but you know, I think that that's, that's kind of where we're at right now. Um, I don't know what we're going to do in the draft. I don't know what we're going to do with Howie. Again, I would love for him to be gone. I don't think he's going to be gone, but I think all that direction is going to come from who we hire and hopefully it's soon. And hopefully, you know, I hope they make this quarterback decision at the same time and quickly after, right? Because I don't think having both of them on the roster next year are good. You know, I don't think Jim's the guy. I never thought he was the guy. Um, and I feel bad for him because of the situation he came into, right? But he didn't pick where he got drafted, right? Carson didn't pick to draft the kid in the second round, right? It's a shitty situation all around. Um, so we'll see how it plays out. But I just – I think we have a lot of problems. Our cap is a huge one. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's – both kind of in just when when limbo of kind of what's going to happen with um i guess your head coach is our defensive coordinator kind of same thing um but yeah time will tell um like we mentioned earlier though hockey started today um and the blackhawks are not going to win the cup this year surprise surprise everybody they're not gonna win uh yeah maybe you don't know right Taves is out for an undefined period Kirby Doc's out right I mean it looks like you guys don't have a goalie which yes I agree with you right I think if you're looking at a team though that can make some noise in the second half of this season depending on what time doc and taves get back it could be chicago right they might not get in but they might be able to give us some favorable gambling lines they might be able to spoil some other people's seasons true flip side to that you guys might be out of it so early they might tell both of them just to shut it down right which future wise for you is great right if you can extend tapes career and he can go back 100 percent you save a year on Kirby as a young stud, just let him develop. That's awesome. But yeah. who knows? Yeah. We'll see what plays out. Like you said, we're down three nothing now, which is the first period, which is not promising. 
Um, but the five the five guys won today. Six three against Pittsburgh, first game of the year. Uh, the fly guys, on the other hand, I am looking for them to take the next step and to be a cup contender. Uh, you know, we have the goalie in Carter Hart, right? I think our we have the the number one D man, right? We have the guy that can win the Norris Trophy in Provorov. We signed him to an extension. He's young. He turned his twenty fourth birthday was today. He's from Russia. He's an absolute machine, right? Like we have that number one D, you know, that like Duncan Keith for so many years for you guys, he'd come out and play 25 plus minutes a night, every single night that we need it. And it's not a big deal for him. Right. And we've increased our offense. It's a little weird with making no trades. It's like we signed two stud free agents, getting Oscar Lindblom back from Ewing sarcoma. Um, You know, he was playing great. He was leading our team in points before his diagnosis last year to Mm -hmm. get him back. He had a great day today. Um, and then to get Nolan Patrick back, right? This was a guy in 2017 or 2018. He was the second overall pick in the draft. We drafted this guy second overall, right? And he struggled and he didn't really get a year. It was very tough for him due to migraines. And he didn't play at all last year due to migraines. By all accounts, he's back healthy. Every single coach, our GM said he had the best training camp of any player on our team. Um and he scored tonight, right? This was his first NHL game in like 500 days, and he scored. So awesome for him. Um, we just have – with them, guys, it's allowed us to really shift our lineup, right? We have flyers that have been flyers for a long time, like Jake Voracek, JBR, now in our third line, right? We have our top line with Couturier on it and Giroux and a young stud for us, Joel Farabee. Um who quickly came out and had three or four points tonight, right? He, you know, was a guy that was in and out of the lineup last year. You know, we knew he was going to be a guy in the lineup this year, had a strong camp, came in ready to play, playing with those two guys. He's super creative with the puck, quick four points, you know, three or four points. He had a goal and two apples, and, I mean, he might have had a second assist on one of their last two goals um, to get four, but he had at least three points tonight. Nice home opener for him. And the second line, you know, we have Kevin Hayes on the second line there. Um, And it's just a super creative line with Travis Konechny also. So we'll see, right? Nolan Patrick's on the third with Voracek. Our problem every year in the playoffs, it has seemed, is that the big guns, your Giroux, your Voracek, your Hayes, uh, they stop scoring, right? I'm going to put Konechny in that boat now also, right? We have a lot of guys younger than him. He's in a more veteran role, even though he's very young. They've kind of went quiet in the playoffs, and that's that's going to be our factor, right? Those guys get paid the big bucks to play in those situations, and we can't have our fourth line lead the team in scoring in the playoffs anymore. Carter mm-hmm. Hart's proved he is that guy. He showed it in the playoffs last year. He won us games we had no business winning, and our defense has shut it down and locked it down when they need to. So the back end I feel really good about. Um, it's those those guys giving us the scoring and then letting the fourth line and those other younger guys be complimentary, right? That takes you from a team that's grinding every playoff game like we were last year to when you get your big guns to score, you know, then there's fourth line and complimentary guys. When they put one in the net, it's not to give you a one goal lead or a tie to game. That, that's to now break the game open, right, to put you up by two or three and really allow you just to shut games down before you're getting into the third or early in the third period. So. That, I mean, I expect them to take that next step. 
they're more than set up to do it. We have a really tough division, though. Um, the East division this year had six of the eight Eastern Conference playoff teams from last year in it. Only four teams from each division make the playoffs now. So that means two playoff teams from last year are guaranteed to not make the playoffs this year because we have six in our division. You know, that's a tough division. Yeah, um, it's interesting, though, because I guess going off that with the new divisions, playoff format changes a little bit, too. So, like you said, the top four teams each division makes it. They play kind of uh, a four-game four, playoff, whatever it is, two games, semifinals, final. And then the semifinals get seeded um, by um, their regular season point total. Yep. So you guys could ha- potentially have a either semifinal or final be two Eastern teams too, just depending on how everything gets played out, which would be nuts, but. Yeah, I mean, I think to your point, right? I Actually, think no, that you can't. Puts, Sorry, but I think it puts such a premium right on winning these divisions, and every game, right, is so divisional games always so important. But now, with all every game is a division game this year, you know, and you have these back to backs, these like mini series, you can't, you cannot get swept in one of those, you know two-game series like that, they can take you out of it quick if you lose a couple of those, right? Like, we beat Pittsburgh tonight. We can come back and beat Pittsburgh on Friday when we play them. Like, that is huge to start the season. You know, those are really challenging, those back-to-backs where there's two and three days against the same team. So it's going to be interesting to see how they play out for the season, though. For sure. And it's also nearly a third – Shorter, so let's see it in 56 games instead of 82. So, yeah, kind of like baseball and all that. Each game just means that much more because you don't have those extra ones to make up for lost ground. Um, but yeah, I guess starting with the east, I like Boston, Islanders, Philly, and Washington to make the playoffs. Um, throwing stuff on Philly and Washington specifically to um, go far further, but those are teams I like in your division. Yeah. Um, I like Philly to win it. Um, I really say that objectively, obviously I root for Philly to win it every year, but I think again, I think they are a team that is, young experience and trending in the right direction right i look at the other teams so my other teams are going to be boston to make the playoffs uh i have Pitt making the playoffs as well and washington right you look at these other teams boston's getting older they lost tory Krug, chara you know washington's getting up there they lost holpe what's their goalie situation like i know they have some young studs do they develop do they keep the Keep that going. Pitt also getting older. They traded away their two or three times Stanley Cup champion and Matt Murray, right? Is Jari the guy, right? Didn't look like it tonight. You know, he gave up six. You know, some of them were not his fault. Some of them weren't great goals. Um, so we'll see there. But I think that it's definitely an interesting 
division. I think it's the toughest division in hockey. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Uh, next division that we can jump into would be the North, which is the All-Canada. Um, I think this division really is Toronto's to lose. I think Toronto has the most complete team. Toronto's knock every year is that they're not physical enough, and they address that this offseason. They signed Wayne Simmons. He already had a fight tonight. They were down 3-1. He got in a fight, sparked the team 3-3 by the end of that period, going into the third. Um, and they signed Joe Thornton, right? Big guy, physical presence, has played a million years in the league, right? Elite passer, arguably the best passer the game has ever seen to set up guys like Marner, to set up Matthews. They have Morgan Riley on the back end, right? I look for them similarly to take that jump to the next level. Um, but if they don't, this division's wide open. Vancouver is good. Uh, Edmonton with Dreisaitl and McDavid, good. Yeah. You look at the Battle of Alberta with Calgary in there also. Um, I mean, there is a lot of good teams in Canada. So we'll see. But I, I have – I think Toronto wins the division. I do have a fa- future on Vancouver. We can get to that later. Um, but I think Toronto wins the division. Yeah. I mean, I kind of think you said it. it's Toronto's to lose. But I also do think Edmonton, Calgary, and Vancouver – um, kind of give them their a run for their money. Um, probably everyone gives them a little bit of run for money, but those those other three especially. Um, kind of think Edmonton's kind of one of those fringe teams with McDavid and all of them and company um, where they need that little extra push to get just past that. Um, and yeah, but... Then uh, going into the Central, um, we got Carolina, Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, Detroit, Florida, Nashville, and Tampa Bay. Um, obviously, the favorite here is Tampa Bay. Um, personally, for me, I like that followed by Columbus, Carolina, and Dallas. Um, I know, kind of like said, Hawks – probably aren't going to do anything this year, but again, it could just have the luck of the, the Hawks with, if Taze comes back and we just the old, the old, old boys, let the old boys work. Um, I think this division's. At. I think this division is wide open for the last two playoff spots. You know, I think you look at Tampa as the clear favorite to your point. And then you look at Dallas, right? Tyler Sagan's out missing time right now, but you expect them to get in, right? I mean, they were – they that was the Stanley Cup final last year, right? They were the two teams in the final. Now they're in the same division. So I expect Dallas to get in. But those last two spots, I think, are open. I think a team that really can be a motherfucker to play against is Columbus with Tortorella as their coach. They play that hard, grind-you-out style. You saw them really grind Tampa in that six-overtime game and push them a lot in that series of the playoffs. A lot, prob- Might be a lot more than any other series. Push Tampa. Um, yeah. So I do like Columbus. And then Carolina, I think, just has a bunch of studs. Like Sebastian Ajo is an unreal player for being young. Um, but again, right, I think the teams, and this is – I hate this because I hate the way the Islanders play – 
and I kick myself every time I don't pick them to make the playoffs out of the East. Teams that play like them, that Barry Trot style, that John Torrell style, chip the puck in, grind you, beat the shit out of you, score greasy goals. Divisional games like that are so hard to win. And teams that have been playing that style for years and are conditioned to it, and they can do it on the back-to-back against you, like they're the teams that will give you fits. They're the teams that can smoke you in a back-to-back, and they can put you out of the race quick. Yep. Um, so I think Columbus gets in. And then the fourth team in this division, I, I like to say Carolina, but if Nashville got in, it wouldn't surprise me. I think Detroit's not there yet. I don't think Florida's there yet. Chicago, I would say they could contend if Taves and Doc come back soon, but I don't think that's the case. So I think they're out um, because of your goalie situation. I just don't think you guys can contend with Subban and that. I think he's a backup, but I don't think he's a starter. Yeah. Well said, well said. Um, last division, heading out west. We got Anaheim, Arizona, Colorado, Los Angeles, Minnesota, uh, San Jose, St. Louis, and Vegas. Now, I only emphasize those because typically you don't think of those as out west teams, but that's just the way they broke up the divisions. And so yeah. you could say – all their central teams got lucky because they don't have to play them vice versa. I don't know, but I look at this division and similarly to the central, I think this division, this one might be the weakest of the divisions on paper. Now, obviously it will change once they start playing these games, but I look at this division as you have Colorado, St. Louis and Vegas are taking three playoff spots without a doubt. They are three, elite teams three teams in normal divisions that when they come into the playoff they're all cup contenders and i expect them to still be that way right the team that gets out of this west is a cup contender for sure uh the fourth here i think is kind of where there's this gap right i think you could draw a line under these three teams depending on how these other teams start there could be a sizable gap don't love san jose what they have going on Evander Kane, I don't know if you saw, he's like $27 million in debt right now. And he just filed for bankruptcy and might not play this year to try and lower his income. Um, so that talk about a. Is that like all the Jake Paul, Logan Paul out, probably? Yeah. <laughs> he needs that money. He's got to take that fight ASAP. Um, you know, they always talk about professional athletes going bankrupt quickly. And it's a shame to hear about it. You know, you hope he can figure something out, but that's just not not great um i don't love san jose minnesota's again a strong team no super superstars but they are a good hockey club yeah arizona young they could take that step anaheim young you don't know what they're going to do they could take that step same with la um anaheim and la i think are the two wild cards here um if they both start strong and they're in it for that fourth spot if they don't i think the fourth spot is between the yotes and Minnesota, um, I'm going to give it to the Wild. But I think this is a division where you can clearly see three teams kind of cream rising to the top, and then the rest are fighting for that fourth spot. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like you said, first three are Vegas, St. Louis, Colorado, um, barring some un- unbelievable season by um, the remainders. Sure. But I think my fourth one's – I'm going to go straight off the jerseys, the uh, reverse retros. 
and either go Anaheim or Arizona and flip a coin for it at the end of the year. But we'll see. I mean, it's it really can be a toss up out there for that fourth one. And, you know, there's going to be some exciting hockey to be played down the stretch there. If the top three kind of lock up their spots, then you have that fourth seed um, to see what's happening. Yeah. But who do you – okay, give me your give me your top two teams for the cup now. Uh, I like – I'll give you guys some, uh, some air in your tires. Um, with knowing that the Hawks aren't. All right, well, here, let's do. Give me your, give me your top two teams besides the Flyers, because we're both going to say the Flyers, so <laughs> we'll take them out. Give me, give me your other two teams for the Cup. I'll go with Toronto and Colorado. Um. I know the last two years, Colorado's had a playoff exits in the second round, and McKinnon's been out there saying like their expectations to win the cup. We're not here to just get in the playoffs and be here, um, collect a, a T-shirt for winning one round or whatever. They're there to win the whole thing. Um, back-to-back years would suck. So I think there's some got to be some kind of – not that they really need it, um, cause I'm sure everything to say it, but I think there's extra fire in, um, that locker room, that arena. And I think they're going to get it done. At least get there. Yeah. I think Colorado is a good pick. Uh, I won't take them cause you took them. I think Toronto is good. I just still think they're going to struggle with the physicality aspect, but Maybe because it's a shorter, a different playoff cycle, maybe it doesn't affect them as much and they can take that step. But I will yeah. take um, from the West, since I don't want to take Colorado, I'm going to take Vegas. Um, I think them having Flurry and Leonard, they can work out the two goalie system. That's going to be critical for you during the year. How the old is Mark Andre Flurry? I feel like he's been in the league for 15 years. Yeah, he has, but he's still playing well. So I, I know mean, it's just if you know he's like the Aaron Rodgers of the NHL. It's just not fair. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. I think that they can do it, and then you know, outside of them, I look at. I mean, I would say Tampa, but they don't have Kucherov. If he comes back, he's not playing the regular season, but if he's back and healthy for the playoffs, they're a fucking weapon still. Their yeah. team didn't have to get blown up. Um, so I'll go Tampa and Vegas, assuming Kucherov can play in the playoffs. Um, as Mike, too, outside of Philly. All right, guys, you heard her here first. <laughs> Flyers are winning the cup. You yeah. heard it. Uh, yeah, I guess besides that, Futures for the NHL, I have Flyers to win the Cup, Flyers and Caps. I took both of them to win the East. Uh, I took a Flyer on Columbus. Like I said, I think they're hard as shit to play against to win the Central. I took Vancouver to win the North. Uh, and then I have a couple players. I took Carter Hart and Provorov to win the Vesna and Norris, respectively. 
and then to win the Maurice Richard, which is the most goals scored in the season, I took Ovi and Austin Matthews uh, for that. So nothing too crazy there. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. It should be an exciting season. I'm just really excited that we can watch it every night and there's so much parity in the league that it'll be exciting. And when we get a month into this thing, games are going to be so chippy because you'll be playing a team for the fifth time. Um, you are just going to hate everyone and that's going to be exciting to watch. Yeah. It's going to be sick. I can't wait to see all the fights. Yeah. Um, let's go, let's jump into, before we wrap this up, let's do football this weekend. Give me your picks. So we got Rams, Green Bay. I don't know if that's the first game, but the first game that comes to mind. I think, I just don't think you can stop the Packers. I think they win. Not, maybe not easily, but I think they pull it out. They're at Lambeau. Um, it's not supposed to snow this weekend, but it's going to be mid-20s, low-30s, somewhere around there. So, um, Coming from L.A., I think it's going to be cold as shit for them. And I I've never played in the cold game, I think. So, again, this is my recency bias, right? But you look at someone like Jalen Ramsey, right? If he can shut down Devontae one-on-one, then you got to look at your Alan Lazards, your Valdez Scantling, you know, your big Bob Tunyon, right? Can these guys get it done if Devontae is a non-factor, right? Aaron Jones in the backfield. Um, so I agree. I think this game's going to be a close contest. I do not think Green Bay's putting up a lot of points. I wanted to take LA, but I think Green Bay does get it done in Lambeau in the cold weather. It's a hard place to play, but I think that Green Bay needs to play within themselves. Rodgers needs to not force the football to Devontae, and they need to rely on the running game, the quick screen game, the quick pass game. Um, I think Green Bay gets it done, but I think it's a tight game, 100%. Yeah, I mean, I think I might have said this before. um, But, yeah, I think they get it done too. But what I guess what I was getting at is that even if they shut down Devontae, Rodgers – like people at work before when Devontae was out, Lazard was out with like ribs, like they didn't know who the fuck he was going to throw to. He still had two touchdowns or something like that over a weekend. And just, he, he knows who to find. Like, it's just, again, we've alluded to this before and have talked about it and haven't gotten all, all in on it, but it's just not fair if you have to pay, play Aaron Rodgers because he doesn't need uh, much to be successful. Tom Brady's the GOAT. Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback of all time. I'm firmly on that train. So, um, he is an excellent quarterback, and he knows how to play in Lambeau. Uh, second game, the night game on Saturday, Ravens at Bills. Um, I love Buffalo. I love Josh Allen, but I think Baltimore wins this football game. It's supposed to snow. Baltimore doesn't really throw the ball a ton. And I think, you know, Baltimore's strong secondary with Humphreys, with Peters, um, they're going to, again, it's shut down Stephon Diggs and who's going to beat you. And it's going to have to be Josh Allen with his arm to other people, to Dawson Knox, to Cole Beasley, um, 
and with his legs, he's going to need to pick it up. And that is why I think with snow on the ground there, the Ravens cause such a problem because they're such a run heavy team. It's going to be, if Lamar keeps his footing, that dude's going to be fucking impossible to tackle. And they get J.K. Dobbins going. They get Gus Edwards going. They can run for 400 yards. Um, I think the Ravens can come in there and beat them. I'm going to root for the Bills, but I think the Ravens win that football game. Do the Bills have fans again? Yep. I'm taking the Bills. Okay, I love I mean, I'm going to root for the Bills. I'll tell you that much. Um, but, yeah. Going to Sunday, first game, Cleveland at Kansas City. Um, I mean, I feel like this is almost not a trap game, but in a way it's a trap game. I can't not take Kansas City, though. I don't That's know what, what I'm saying. Like, it's, you can't not. But Let me look like it a up. A little part in the vacuum is like, I don't, I don't know. Kansas City minus 10. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I it should be. If they play yeah. like they did like midseason, then yeah, they will pump them out of the water. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I like Casey to win the game. Cleveland, I don't know. I mean, Cleveland's game plan here is going to be control the clock, right? Their game plan is going to be methodically walk down the football field, rely on Nick Chubb, rely on Kareem Hunt. Let Baker get out of the pocket, scramble if he needs to, find Jarvis across the middle of the field. Like that, they need to – this is a control-the-clock game because you know Kansas City can score. They can score in bunches. They can score quick. And you need to limit the football in Mahomes' hands. Yeah. I think Casey wins. I I think they cover the 10, but this does feel like a trap game. I agree. And that could be recency bias also, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, and then the late game, divisional matchup, Tampa at New Orleans. This will be their third time playing this year. New Orleans won both of the first two. Um, do they beat them for a third time? We know we talked about it three times in the divisional round. It did not happen once. All three times, the team that lost the first two won. Does that happen, or does New Orleans break that streak and beat Tampa for a third time? Yeah, I think if – again, this is recency bias just because the Saints were so dominant against the Bears, which isn't really saying much, I guess. Um, but I guess if they can hold the ball just as long as they did last time, then I think they pull it off. Um Then again, the Bucks looked pretty good for the most part last week. So, lines three. So on a neutral field, it's an even. It's a pick 'em. I mean, it's hard to pick New Orleans in the Superdome in their all-black murder fits. It's hard to pick against that, right? Like it is. Yeah. Um, but then it's also hard to pick against Tom Brady in January, right? Like, um. I Tampa has so many weapons. I think the key to this game for Tampa, Tampa, Tampa Bay just scored on a power play one timer by Stamkos for nothing. Lightning, ten minutes left in the second. Oh, okay. um, 
they were just playing a different game out here than Chicago is. I mean, it's a shame, but it's just <laughs> it's, a, it's a different hockey game that they're playing right now. Um, I, if Brady, if they can establish the run, and then you have to truthfully look at the run, look at Ronald Jones, look at Leonard Fournette, and commit to stopping that, and then you give Brady looks to Chris Godwin, to Mike Evans, to Gronk, to Cameron Bray to um, Antonio Brown. There's no reason he can't do it, right? I mean, and it's so hard to beat a team three times. It really is. And we saw it last week. Yeah, it's really um, it's all there for Brady. It's just a matter of if he can get it done, really. Um, yeah. And I mean, I hate – Execute. I would rather the Saints – beat me and buck that trend then let Brady beat me so I think I'm gonna take Tampa here um but I, I'm excited for this game I think this will be much more high scoring than the other three games we had in the divisional round that were playing each other for a third time I think this game will be more exciting right weather is not a factor it's in the dome um but we'll see yeah time will tell um yeah we'll see we or will I, or maybe father time will tell yeah we uh what i guess do we we don't want to put any action down yet we'll you want to post that on the instagram once we figure it out this weekend yes we will do that we will yeah. uh post on the ig I don't think we did last weekend, but we will do it this weekend. Yes, um, we have a lot working in our favor this weekend. Yeah. Um, Got some surprises for y'all. Yeah. Yeah, we'll record a pod this weekend too. And I know we didn't do Bachelor Talk, so we'll fit that into the pod this weekend also. Um, maybe we'll do a recap of last last season also because we didn't really do a full recap. And we'll talk about this season to date and give some picks. Yeah, and then we'll uh, – Give you more details on my contest I teach you about. Yes, the contest. The contest. I can't wait to hear about it. Yeah, maybe maybe just to keep them um, interested. The prize for this contest is a Jay Cutler sticker of him smoking a cigarette with shoulder pads on. So, pretty fucking sick. But... I want one. That's a good contest win the contest then i might i might try to <laughs> yeah that wouldn't be collusion whatsoever nope 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 all right guys um as always we're all clones go birds I'm a president candidate. I done put a hundred bands on Zimmerman shit. I've been moving real gangsta so that.